0: This is your Run stop. It's um, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews.
1: In this week's episode, we're going to meet James Larson, who's a... I don't want to say eccentric, but it's difficult not to, really. He's, he's, a, he's an in inventor. Eccentric. Yeah, is I, it think, fair so? he'd, I
0: think he'd be OK with
1: that. OK, it's a good thing.
0: And he invents crazy stuff, and he's got loads of old technologies and things in his house.
1: And he's going to come in later, and we're going to talk about uh, whatever's, whatever's exciting. Look and he might
0: to... bring some toys with him, which will be great fun.
1: I hear he's got some kind of mechanical thing, mechanical calculator <laughs> in his bag.
0: We'll look forward to that. Mm. What else have we got coming on this episode? We've got some more Dave um, talking about some sort of snacks.
1: Something. Might be crisps
0: might be crazy. Sometimes it's crisps. Who knows? <laughs> I,
1: don't, I think we're done with the chocolate. I think we're on to spicy crisps this week. Right. So the question that Dave sets is, what's the spiciest snack?
0: What's the smic- spiciest snack in Britain? Yeah. And we're going to find out. Um, drinking lots of water in preparation.
1: <laughs> Unlucky for some. Unlucky for some, episode 13.
0: Not for us though. No, we're Maybe for our listeners.
1: We've had one of the luckiest weeks of ever.
0: It's been amazing this week.
1: Yeah. iTunes be. have noticed us. So whoever it is in Apple that's spotted Shifrun Stop and started um, started promoting us from your podcast page, yeah. we can't thank you enough.
0: Thank you.
1: We should say hello to all the new listeners. Hello, all the new listeners.
0: Hello, new listeners. Can we do a shout out to um Karen? This feels like um, a room cupboard or something. Like I've got I've got some mail to read out. <laughs> um, Listener the mail. His handle is H D four one 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 seven and his name's Karen Mansfield.
1: Hello H D four one one seven A K A Karen.
0: And that uh, maybe you want to read that out, Ruth. Really. Oh, I don't my, know if I can read. My card from Karen. a okay. Very nice handwriting. It
1: says hi, Layla. He does. He he writes like a girl. Are you sure Karen's not a girl's name? Picture, I think he's got (laughs) beards. Hi, Layla. I searched all over the place for a horsey pony card, but to my amazement, I couldn't find one. There was one, kind of, with two creatures that kind of looked like horses, but the colours and the telephoto, and well, can you get ginger horses? (laughs) Anyway, here's the book. I hope you find something interesting slash amusing in that. And he's written slash as a word, that's that's good. Um, A pause for the yellow pages, wish books wouldn't do that, and then a kind of uh, Diagonal sad face. Yeah. What do you call that? That's a a colon followed by a forward slash. Yeah, I'm
0: never sure what that means. Slightly Slightly miffed face. Sort of. Yeah. Embarrassed.
1: Be well, Karen. Slash. HD four one one seven. Well, that's lovely. Hello, Karen. Sweet.
0: It's it's quite. It's so old-fashioned and um. Yeah. Traditional. And he sent me what he's talking about. He sent me a book called Doctor Who Travel Without the Tardis, which is a 1986. Guide to locations in Doctor Who so far in 1986. So it's all doctors that you don't really know much about, and written by these two American women who um, don't really know much about England. Do you
1: Um, think they've ever been to England?
0: I think they have, Um, because they've got all kinds of weird advice to Americans about. uh, Trying to think what some of the things were that they said, like how to use phone boxes. (laughs) Don't be too brash. Um, Yeah, exactly. It's really like that. Um, oh here's, here's a good one Leeds Castle which as we know is in Kent it's not uh, in Leeds not in Leeds I've been there uh, it's nice they tell you it's somewhere here alternatively you can take a train from London Kings Cross to Leeds and hire a taxi from there that would be an expensive train, taxi journey if you took the, take the train, train to
1: Leeds <laughs> and then took a taxi
0: exactly it's
1: a long way from Leeds
0: so I'm not going to take the advice too seriously no. but I do like the, the references to sort of 1980s England uh, yeah and it's lovely so thank you very much Karen I'm really enjoying mm flicking through this sort of weird historical document.
1: This weekend you did go to uh, somewhere else, which wasn't in that book. You went to Dungeness.
0: I went to Dungeness, yeah. It's um, a nuclear power station. Uh, well, that there is a nuclear power station there, but Dungeness is a weird little town on a beach almost. Okay. It's sort of some sort of peninsula. And, um, and it's not that far from Hastings on the south coast, and it's sort of a pebbly area with a nature reserve and very, very remote, very sparsely populated. It's really loud, actually. Yeah. This is the sound of Dungeness Power Station. It sort of sounds like a plane taking off or something. There's a lot of steam coming from... We can't really see where. Just some holes in the wall. See those? And you can hear the sea over there. Uh, there's, there's just no, There's just nothing around there. There's nowhere to go for cover if, if you needed to for some reason.
1: <laughs> if some kind of um, Chernobyl was, event if, occurred.
0: If there was an event.
1: Speaking of things that have been going on this week, uh, I don't know why we haven't mentioned this already. Why the UK? <laughs> Page 52 <laughs> Oh Layla and her beautiful boots
0: Yeah, it was fun and, um, It was a good piece And some people have um, enjoyed it So, yeah, I'm a bit embarrassed about it, really Because like, what, what am I doing in Wired? It's just me I don't do anything I'm just some bum who just, like, sits around at home all day and makes a podcast But, um, but yeah, it's nice Well, it was good
1: I, I really enjoyed that um, article And I think you should be in Wired every week
0: Oh, thank you very much <laughs> I'm computers
1: i in the main I'm in your headphones. We've got James Larson with us today. James
0: Larson, um, who I know from NotCon 2004. I saw doing a BBC micro-powered, sandwich-powered clock thing. Um, can you tell us about that, James?
2: Well, it started off, I've got a, an oscilloscope with a component tester on it, which has put some AC through a component and, and plots voltage against current. Mm-hmm. And a uh, a diode looks like a right angle, and the capacitor looks like a a circle, etc., etc. And I can't remember what I was supposed to be doing, but what I was actually doing uh, was using a prawn sandwich and sticking the probes of the scope into the sandwich. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that the prawns produced a wrong-looking circle, um, a bit like a capacitor. So I thought, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Prawns are electrolytic. And then, much later in the day, and I still can't remember what I was supposed to be doing, but what I was actually doing is putting the probes back in the sandwich. I noticed that it had changed a bit, and this got me thinking, and one thing led to another, and I built a uh, a model of prawn decay over time mm. and programmed it into a BBC Micro, and so. That when presented with a sandwich, it's actually a staleness gauge rather than oh, a it's, clock, yeah. uh, but as a staleness gauge delineated in time. So, uh, the, we present the BBC Micro and its accompanying sensors uh, with a sandwich. It can tell you how old it is and then measure uh, its deterioration um, and say, well, this, is, this sandwich is. is 20 hours and 30 minutes older than that sandwich <laughs> right. um, from from any given starting point and it's yeah, very funny. inaccurate.
1: How many sandwiches did you have to um, test with to get this model?
2: Oh, this is me being really stupid because I should have got some sponsorship from Marks & Spencer or something because I, I, I went through many dozens of sandwiches. I, mean, I eat them anyway but mm. this blooming clock and, and the ensuing Life that that took on has made me spend hundreds of pounds <laughs> on sandwiches.
0: Is that what people always ask you about when you meet people? Do they say, do they always remember the prawn sandwich clock thing, or is, have you got another kind of major project that people remember? That
2: is always the near the, the top. If, yeah, if not the top, it's boot fetish pong game. That would be the the
1: the, the other. That's uh, a thing
2: that's a, a, <laughs>
1: so tell yeah. us about that, and, and how come you uh, how did it come to pass that you created a. A boot fetish pong game. Right.
2: Well, (laughs) what happened in 2006 when the Nintendo Wii came
0: out Mm.
2: uh, and there was all this hoopla about the Wii controller and it is a magical thing, the Wii, Uh, but God, everybody was going on and on about the Mm. Wii controller and I just felt a bit iconoclastic about it Mm. because, yes, it is fantastic, but it doesn't do everything. Notably, it doesn't have any kind of tactile response, it's all dynamics. Mm. So I was feeling iconoclastic about the Wii controller uh, and the other thing is that it struck me that all the big consoles the Nintendo Wii did actually have the, the least powerful graphics and computational mm-hmm. systems but it made up for it by having this amazing controller so I thought what I want to do is just to, to mock the Wii a bit uh designer controller that was all tactile based mm-hmm. um, and perhaps something that would add value to a really underpowered game um, so and, you know, one thing led to another shall we say and I invented boot fetish Pong <laughs> which is an implementer it it's, uses the original Pong chip which is the a- AY38500 um, made by General Instruments in the 70s which I think is the best implementation of POM. It's really analogue and mm. great. Um, and would be the one that most people have seen. They sell millions of them. And it's interfaced to a pair of women's leather thigh-high boots, mm-hmm. which are filled with sensors. And you make the POM paddles go up and down by grouping and fondling the boots.
1: <laughs> so uh, high in the boot will move your paddle... Two,
2: two alternatives. It's either a hand position on boots or pressure, okay. uh, and pressure is the one that, that I, I usually use. Um, is this,
1: uh, uh, I want to get this right. Is this a matching pair of boots? Yes. Or is it, okay. right. so <laughs>
2: one per player. Right.
1: Um,
2: and so it's got these boots that, that work as the controllers. And I showed that at, at Dortbot, um in 2006, and then did a bit more work on it um and decided that what it really needed was to have a bit of force feedback um, and so in between these two uh, leather boots is a uh, riding crop powered by a 700 watt electric motor right so that when you miss a point um it will beat you uh,
1: <laughs> punish you
0: yeah <laughs> fairly hard. I mean, seven hundred
1: hundred watts sounds like a lot.
0: It's, it, it, it's, it doesn't also electrocute you. It doesn't. doesn't no, it it just, <laughs>
1: just hits you with
2: a riding
0: crop.
2: The just powers the crop. It is sort of doing the whole sort of s thing. Yes. Pong. And there's a, a, a variac in the middle, uh, a variable transformer in the middle, um, which uh, uh, you can adjust to uh, increase or reduce the power going to the, the motor, so that depending on how punished no. How much punishment you're prepared to receive during any particular game. <laughs> right. The,
1: the, the schoolboy setting all the way up to Tory MP. Yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've I, um, yeah, I, I never calibrated, just sort of low and high. That's quite a good. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I might relabel it.
0: i yes. <laughs> it.
3: Well, because. Hang on, let me stop laughing before you start. With. No, I think that should fade up. I think it should fade up with you chuckling and listeners and going, "Oh, I've been left out of the joke again."
1: <laughs> Every week, this really. To me. <laughs> oh,
3: hi, listeners. Uh, thanks for joining us. You had to be there. Anyway, you're probably a fan of Britain's Strongest Man. I can see from your physique and beard.
1: <laughs> Are you talking to me? I don't
3: I love uh, Jeff Gates is a personal hero. I Emulate him in everywhere. I'm uh, I'm uh, 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 making preparations for a trip to India. I thought I'd uh, I'd limber up my taste buds mm-hmm. with a quest for Britain's spiciest crisp. Oh yes. And uh, I, I yeah, like. So I'm I'm just going to pop these out. I don't know if you're familiar with with the Seabrooks brand. I love a
1: Seabrooks crisp. Do you? They're usually quite subtle in flavour. I, I was going. Well, to say. well, let's
3: let's see if they pull that off with their new. Hot and spicy wasabi Japanese horseradish, horse radish and their uh,
1: flavour the, the packaging is you wouldn't mistake that for a subtle flavour that's got hot and spicy in very very big yeah. bold letters and have,
3: have you been a Seabrook fan for a while? I,
1: I like a Seabrook crisp I like what their do they, do? Oh. They, do, they do quite a nice uh, salt uh, yeah, you know, just a nice, ready salted. And they're, they're,
3: they're kind of crinkly. I think they're from the North of England. I'm going to open the packet. I hope that's not too noisy. Where
0: did you Where did
3: you purchase these? Then? Um, I, I got these in Morrison's, um, and like <laughs> probably. But uh, and the, 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 there was a bit of controversy because I think uh, Seabrooks updated their packaging, and um they made it more foily, uh, yeah, they made it more foily. And like, and much to my disappointment, they also used to use. They, they also used to use. Um, Tremendous amount of quotation marks, <laughs> on, on, on the, in, in the way that grocers sometimes would use quote yeah. marks to to emphasise things, and I think it, sometimes they'd say like you know with with added quote flavouring unquote oh, yeah. or like yeah. quote more unquote than a crisp. <laughs> they quote crisp unquote and things like that, but like I'm disappointed that they've toned that down. So uh, They've gone for a more
0: subtle look, haven't they? And, uh, and quite quite feminine as well. Yeah.
3: It's crazy. Quite feminine. Let's try it. So these are wasabi flavoured. Let's get and a little wasabi crisp on the go. A
0: right proper golf ball on the side. Mm.
3: Okay. Uh, are you are you wasabi fans? Hmm. Kind of.
0: There's
3: a there's a hint of wasabi on there, isn't there? Mm. It's kind of like a. Uh,
0: it's not actually as strong it? no it's
3: not very strong it doesn't deserve the three chilli peppers they put on the front, really? the front oh, oh that's that that's their hotometer yeah it's got a three yeah. chilli hotometer well now I've popped and I can't stop uh, these, are, these are Pringles extreme fu- again, fiery wasabi flavour, mm-hmm. and these were the spiciest that I could obtain.
1: This has uh, its own little uh, hotometer on the side. This one <laughs> is, is all the way up to fire extinguisher hot. <laughs> it's like
3: it's, it's, it's an informal representation of the Scoville scale. I understand is <laughs> used to measure chilies. Let's uh, let's um, let's try let's try, let's try, let's yeah. try pringling. It's fiery wasabi Pringle. It's
0: tingly. It's not burning my
3: it's all right. It's alright, it's got a bit of a, a sort of aftertaste. Mm. Here's a surprise contender, the last of our contenders today. These are from Penn State, who make um, those kind of like little pretzels that you sometimes see. And okay. these, they just say they're sizzling teriyaki, they're baked jelly chips. Have another one, because although they're quite subtle, the more you eat of them, the hotter they get. Yeah. And... It's my suspicion that, yeah, like the, via, via the cumulative effects. And uh, can you feel it on your skin? Can, I can you feel know? it? And now I can feel it on my tongue, definitely. It's, it's like, little
0: sort of red particles in which pro- might be, um, might be which, chili. What well,
3: check, check it out. The, the, the uh, teriyaki uh, seasoning contains uh, dried garlic, dried paprika, dried ginger, dried chili,
1: mm.
3: and dried fennel. It's got proper chili in it. Whereas the so, other two
1: have got essentially
3: what could. Equally, be mustard flavouring. I think my, my suspicion may be that these are actually, a lot, even even though they don't even have a picture of, a, of some sort of crude diagram of the monster. <laughs> Where's the osmometer? Yeah, the, these are the, these are these are stealthy spicy crisps, yeah. and they could be the most dangerous of all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is it true that you do a thing called PC Jenga or something like that? Oh, no.
2: Um, I do two somewhat destructive makeovers of, of kids' games. One is PSU Buckaroo, <laughs> um, which, you know the, the Buckaroo game where you, mm. you load things onto this this plastic donkey thing and, and at some point the, the it can't take the load anymore. It throws them off. I thought this would be quite a good... Uh, Thing to to mimic using old uh, PCAT um, power supplies, and you just keep putting more and more load onto them until either they go into auto shutdown mode <laughs> or they they release the magic smoke. <laughs> uh, and some of them even make a, an audible squealing noise um, as the switch mode power supplies really suffer. So it's, right. uh, it's haven't played that often. It's very stupid and destructive, but it's if you've got a Pile of stuff that's otherwise going to do nothing. Might as well bring mm. it up a bit. And the other one was motherboard Kaplunk in a similar vein. There's a, a version of Kaplunk using old PC components because I thought, yeah, what can you do with an old motherboard that perhaps is some yeah, runs a, a Pentium at hundred meg or something like that? It really, I know you can you can use it as a server for this or just a repository for that, but it's not. You can't do very much, so Mm -hmm. I thought, why not do a a motherboard Kaplunk game with it, where instead of having in the original Kaplunk game, you have this vessel filled with balls and people pull out Mm -hmm. toothpick things, and at some point, one too many toothpicks is pulled out and all the balls fall down. So in motherboard Kaplunk, contestants have soldering irons, Mm -hmm. and the the motherboard is powered up, Mm -hmm. running a media application, preferably. Um, a sample of Hal singing Daisy Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and the contestants with soldering irons have to desolder low criticality components from the motherboard <laughs> while it's playing the media app <laughs> and uh, see how many you can get out before you get the Windows blue screen of death or just your know, non function. Um, or in other words, how Stop Singing Daisy Daisy. And have you
1: done this at um, Dorkbubble? It's
2: been done twice. And the, the personal best is four components. <laughs> four. <laughs> so you might have to attribute weightings of the mm. scores. Of, of, you can get quite a lot of things like decoupling capacitors off. But um, you know, if you can get a crystal out without it crashing, <laughs> that's, you're, doing, you're well. doing really well. Nobody has yet.
0: There's a challenge, listeners.
2: (laughs) Reach under
1: your desk right now.
0: We recommend playing this at home. Mm. Um. And this
1: isn't just pulling out wires from the... No, 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 no. no. This is
2: is desoldering components from From a a powered-up working motherboard that is running... uh, Plugged
0: into the mains. (laughs) Well, (laughs) these
1: these capacitors (laughs) of which you speak. These
2: little capacitors (laughs) on on the the motherboard itself.
1: You've been involved in Dorkbot
2: for many years. Uh, I didn't go to the first Dorkbot because I didn't know it existed, and I read about Dorkbot on NTK in 2001, and that was it. I was totally, totally uh, hooked
1: on Dorkbot from then on. And I I imagine most of our listeners either attend or have at least heard of it, but for for anyone who hasn't, tell us about Dorkbot and the the kind of ethos of it, and whether it's... uh, yeah, what, what, what sort of thing is it?
2: Well, the mission statement is people who do strange things with electricity. And there are a lot of them about. Uh, and uh, so it happens usually in East London. Or going, there's going to be a bot at the Royal College of Arts next week. Um, next week being the uh, 17th of, of February.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's the first West London Dortbot. Uh, And it's very informal. It's a kind of presentation format, but you don't get anything less formal than than DotBot. You get up, you talk about things. It's a a very friendly atmosphere. People don't get heckled. Mm -hmm. um, And projects range from uh, sort of stupid um, comedic things like like I do right through to really quite advanced arts projects um, using high technology. And I recommend it to to everybody. I'm in computers
0: I'm on the short way I'm in the ether. Come shake your tail at me. You're on the TV Talking down your neighbours. To our new listeners and our listeners who've only listened to a few.
1: Um, Welcome. Welcome, Welcome. yeah.
0: Thank you. It's
1: gone from being six people we knew Mm. to being a few dozen people that have heard of us or friends of friends Mm. to being quite a lot of strangers yes. um, it's actually quite intimidating talking to this microphone now because so many people have discovered us through itunes um wonderful promotion of the podcast completely mm. random and, and uncalled for but mm. it means that there's actually quite a lot of you now hello
0: it feels like a turning point i can almost hear them all saying hello back
1: thank you for trying us out because all you've probably done is you've just seen a picture of one of those tape players and thought what's that then yeah uh and hello
0: we should release this on tape as well somehow we yeah. should have some kind of cassette version.
1: And what, where would we would we stand outside tube stations and give it out to people?
0: I don't know. We'd have to post them to people, I think, and then we could charge for it, couldn't we? That
1: could be our business model.
0: That's it. We've needed
1: a way of making money. <laughs> We've
0: nailed it, Rui.
1: So we okay. Yeah. So we give it away for free on the internet through iTunes yeah. and through our own website, yeah. Shiftrunstop. But if you want the premium edition, yeah, which comes on cassette tape,
0: yeah,
1: in a little plastic box. Are we going to commit to hand drawing the uh, yeah? The I'll do that. Notes? Yeah, I
0: mean nobody's going to actually do this, are they? So
1: well, you, everybody you, if, who if you asked commit one, to it now and then we I'll get thousands it. of people sign up to it, you'll be in trouble.
0: I'll photocopy them.
1: Okay, so handmade to some extent or another.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, sleeve notes. Yep. Uh, what should we charge for this? The like, Black
0: rabbit bin made cards.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 a, a reasonable amount for a cassette tape with um, an episode of *Shift Run Stop* on it.
0: Well, we can't go more than a pound, though, can we?
1: Well, you'll need to, though. got to
0: include postage. Postage.
1: tape's going to cost a few pennies. Then you've got your time, your energy. I reckon we mm. should... No, it's going to be less Two than pounds? a fiver, though. Maybe oh, three. 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 Three quid. That sounds cheap, though, per doesn't episode.
0: it? Per episode. That sounds like a lot to me.
1: Three but quid a week. Would you pay three <laughs> a week for a cassette tape with a podcast <laughs> I, I think I would if it was one I really loved. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Three quid? Three quid. Two fifty? No.
0: Three quid. You heard Rue decide that it was going to be three quid here. I, I love this. Let's do it.
1: And if you want back episodes, we'll do what we can. Well, but you yeah. could maybe get to stage where you have, like, a couple of weeks on one tape, mm. one on one side, one on the other side. Yeah. And then maybe that could be a bit cheaper. So that's two for a fiver. Yes. Two for a fiver.
0: <laughs> it's like we've got a market stall or something. This is going
1: to be brilliant. Obviously, um, if you want the, you know, the full digital... Digitally mastered episode, then they're going to be free anyway. So you know, you're not missing out. If you don't want the tapes, you don't. You know, don't feel bad.
0: But the other thing you get with the tapes, which I think is an incentive, is some artwork. That yeah. we're going Whatever
1: to, we choose to put on we're them, we're
0: going to put something on them or in them or do yeah. something with them. And Layla's
1: quite fun. creative.
0: Well, <laughs> well Ru's creative. We're both creative. Um, oh. It's just uh, whether you know whether we can draw something. <laughs> we'll give it a go.
1: I like this idea. I I hope that. You, the listener, are as excited about this as we are, and I hope that at least one of you <laughs> will want some tapes with Shifron Stop episodes on them.
0: Um, yes, and I suppose we were going to mention generally if you want to listen to back issues and things. Then yeah, you don't
1: have to buy them on tape. You can, you can just crawl that through iTunes or however you consume this and find the old ones. Because if you know, if you're only listening to this for a couple of weeks, you've missed out some really good guests in the past. Yeah, you know, we we had we had. Um,
0: it's basically it's Tandy. been downhill all the way for the last years, yeah, few first weeks. First episode, Adam so, Tandy. <laughs> Adam Tandy produces the thick of it and in the loop. Dave yeah. Schneider, comedian. Dave Schneider, you know from the day to day and all those things. Uh, Helen and Ollie from Answer Me This podcast.
1: Yeah, you should listen to that. That's episode four. Uh, Russell Davis, episode five. Yeah, just I think off you're the top right. of my head. Yeah, top of
0: my head. well as we as we said before, we've only done twelve episodes, yeah. and uh, I think we're doing pretty well.
1: We're still young. It's been so much fun. I've. I keep saying this, but I have really, really enjoyed the last few weeks making this. It's, oh, it's the best even though it's a lot of work. Um, but now there's light at the end of the tunnel because, frankly, this cassette tape business—that's going <laughs> to—that's going my yeah, pension is is probably it. bound up in that. You, I can,
0: you can hand in your notice.
1: I can give it up now. That's that's uh, that's life done.
0: This cassette thing, yeah, we're on to a winner there.
1: James, are you um, are you an inventor?
2: think the answer has to be yes not necessarily of serious things that i tried i think like most people had to go at um trying to be a professional inventor and, and uh you know that's why i can't watch dragon's den because it's all too painful and you know see horrible <laughs> people um, shoot your ideas down in flames mm. so um so i now just invent potty things for for bots and uh you know anybody who might want to have me talk about it in public
0: so how i mean how do you if it's not too personal but how do you survive i mean i'm sure there is a market for boot pong and stuff it's just that i don't you don't seem to be actively courting it <laughs> it's the nicest way
2: well, um, the day job is doing uh, control systems for water sculptures. Would you believe? So oh, it's a, yeah. a niche, um, niche bit of engineering. Mm. Um, so they they all squirt and and pour in pretty and mm. and artistic ways. Um, and uh, the company's William Pye, who's a major water sculptor. And mm. That's the day job.
0: So we have a, uh, a sort of analogue calculating device. It's, this is a,
2: a facet calculator um, from the mid-1950s um, based on the Odner principle. Um, and it's uh, it's just a, an adding machine, although it can do subtracting, and if you are prepared to be very dexterous with the levers, you can do multiplication and division as well. But division is is like kind of playing Rachmaninoff on the piano. <laughs> but uh, it is possible. Uh, but I brought it along today because I know you're into the sounds of things and this makes mm. all sorts of interesting when you actually add the or subtract the input register to the accumulator and it goes that's a beautiful sound. When it works when it's in the down position, and oh, then sorry. you can clear the registers, and then press anything you like. Have and a
0: go. You know what, were these used by sort of I don't know okay. accountants? Oh, yeah, accountants? very much. But, so. Yeah. So if I do, if I want to add something, there's no add button. No, you have not <laughs> crank the handle.
2: <laughs> you haven't got anything in the input register. Oh. To, uh,
0: okay.
1: So put it out. Number two. Oh, yep. Then we've all. added two to, to zero, and now to two, so we've got four, six. 8. Bigger than Oh, number.
0: it's gone It's gone up to 10. <laughs> it's like when one, another one turns around, it might be a while before that happens now because we've got to 20. Okay, let's add some more oh, numbers the candle's to the. Be right oh, at the bottom.
1: oh okay. yeah, you're yeah. telling me. Clear, clear the bottom. So if I want to add 100. Okay,
0: oh, yeah. yeah. So 38 plus 100,
1: 138. It's right. It knows.
0: And now it's just adding hundreds to this each time.
1: It's a beautiful Ooh. machine. And you pick this up for a couple of quid in yep. not itself. Yep. Isn't that
0: fantastic?
1: It had its clothes on in those days, but uh, so
2: like, like most of of machinery, it's better if you take the case off.
0: Brilliant.
2: It's a beautiful machine. But if you put really big numbers in and just crank it round, it just... <laughs> really <pretty lovely. laughs> not crank.
1: You can hear all the digits yeah. ticking over. If, you, if you're listening to this in your car and you've got it on your iPhone plugged into your mm. crappy dock thing mm. or you're, you're streaming it over FM so you're mm. listening to it through your radio you're missing a trick you, that cassette tape in front of you the cassette drive that's still in your car mm. that's, the, that's the native device for your car you should be using that to listen to podcasts We're, as far as I'm aware, the only podcast even offering as a paid service for you to uh, (laughs) receive it in a convenient weekly or fortnightly package.
0: It's a (laughs) a podcast first, surely.
1: And, as always, you can come to the blog at shiftrunstop.co.uk. You could email us on podcast at shiftrunstop.co.uk.
0: Talk to us on Twitter, at shiftrunstop. We like that. We always talk back to you if you're nice to us.
1: Well, you say always. Generally.
0: Talk to us on Twitter. We generally. <laughs>
1: I feel like you know you don't want to overcommit. No, okay. People might hold you to it. They might.
0: <laughs> We're on Twitter, actually, fun stop.
1: And if you've got uh, you know things that you desperately want to get off your chest, I don't, I'm trying to imagine a situation in which it's vitally important that you tell us something on Twitter. But yeah, people have managed to find these things. People have have kept us informed about their their goings on, and they've shared with us questions for Dave. Hash uh, Ask Dave, mm. and you know just stuff, ideas, yeah. ideas for guests. <laughs> James Arson, thank you very much for joining us and bringing uh, not only yourself but your your wonderful toys. Uh, Great pleasure, great to to share the share the joy with you.
0: Join us next week for another fabulous episode of Shiffron Stop with another fantastic guest. And more snacks, chat, and that sort of thing that you come to expect.
1: We look forward to seeing you then. Bye. Goodbye. I'm a